There are some top prospects who are blocked at the major league level. How did those teams get them into the lineups in 2024? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, freelance baseball writer and podcaster, and thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're proudly part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started today. So there's a couple teams out there that have a significant logjam of prospects in the upper minors, and it's not immediately obvious how they're going to get them major league playtime next year, or in the case of Tampa Bay, even get them on the 40-man roster, and that's a normal kind of problem that they have. Uh, I want to start in Baltimore, because Baltimore is in a really interesting scenario as far as not only do they have a ton of prospects clogging up the roster in AAA, they also have a significant lack in guys signed to long-term contracts. If you look in tw- at 2024, and I went to spot track to see some of these salaries, there's exactly two players signed for next year for the Baltimore Orioles. Catcher James McCann and relief pitcher Austin Voth. James McCann was acquired from the New York Mets at the trade deadline. James McCann was acquired from the New York Mets this season. He is signed, again, through next year at a base salary of $12 million. $9.5 million of that is being paid by the Mets. So the total outlay comes out to just under $4 million for the Orioles next year to have James McCann in the final year of team control. He's probably going to make the roster. It makes sense. You can have him as the backup to Adley Rutschman and be fine. The other guy, relief pitcher Austin Voth, 32 years old. This He signed a $1.85 million contract with the team. There is a $2.5 million club option for 2024 with no buyout attached. Here's the thing. They DFA'd him on September 3rd. So I'm willing to guess they're probably not going to keep him around for $2.45 million if they had injured relievers and still DFA'd Austin Voth. Outside of those two guys, everybody else on this roster is either in one of their years of arbitration or is a pre-arbitration player. Obviously, your studs, your Gunnar Hendersons, your Adley Rutschmans, they're all pre-arbitration. And then when you look at guys who are just now hitting arbitration, Ryan Mountcastle will be in his first year of arbitration. Ryan McKenna, first year of arbitration. He's a Super 2 guy, so this is his first of four years. Cedric Mullins will be going to year two of arbitration. Uh, Jorge Mateo, interesting scenario there, year two of arbitration. And then a couple guys, Jorge Lopez, Ryan O'Hearn, John Means, they'll all be ARB 3s. And then even a few players, or I guess one player, It'll be an ARB4 as in Anthony Santander because he was a Super 2 as well. But you have, so you have this incredibly young team, a lot of guys not on long-term deals, 
but you also have quite a few top prospects in the minors still. And that's not even counting the, them calling up Heston Kierstad. Uh, that news came out Wednesday night, Thursday morning. That's not even counting calling up Heston Kierstad. Uh, the way that your infield is set up right now, Adam Frazier's playing a lot of second base. That was a one-year contract. He's probably not going to come back. Uh, Ramon Urias is at third a lot with Gunnar Henderson at shortstop. Uh, first base has been a rotation. It's been a lot of a lot of Ryan O'Hearn. You've had some other guys cycling in there as well. Heston Kierstad can play first base. And then your outfield has been a lot of Cedric Mullins in center. Right recently, it's been Austin Hayes in left. And then your right field's rotated between Anthony Santander, Ryan O'Hearn, a couple other guys. And in both the infield and outfield, you have a bunch of position players that are looking for time. We talked at the end of yesterday's show, I'll link it in the show notes, about the amazing year, the breakout year, that Kobe Mayo has been having. And Kobe Mayo is a guy that you're going to need to find time for. You're not required to. Kobe Mayo is not uh, does not have to go onto the 40-man roster this year. He is a December 2024 decision for Rule 5. But somebody who has played well enough where you're probably going to want to find a way to get him into the major league lineup. He is a corner infielder for the most part. He has a first base, third base option. You're probably not going to play him at second base. Jordan Westberg is a guy who has spent time on your bench at the major league level, is on your bench right now. He's played in three of the last seven games. He's played second. He's played third. He doesn't do a ton of shortstop. Jorge Mateo is kind of your backup shortstop for that. Jordan Westberg is second base, third base kind of backup guy. So obviously you still have plenty of time with him. And then I want to talk about Jackson Holiday. Jackson Holiday is one of four 2022 prep draftees who has already made AAA. I don't think Jackson Holiday is going to break camp with the major league roster. I don't think he's going to be a starter or on the major league roster when spring training ends. But I say that now. And I do think he is going to be invited to spring training. He is going to have a chance to play himself onto the roster. And is there a world where a 20-year-old Jackson Holiday is your starting second baseman in Baltimore next year? There absolutely is. And is your team a better team if he's able to take that job over somebody like a Jordan Westberg or, or someone else? It absolutely is. And so you have a lot of options, a lot of guys that are second base, third base, or second base outfield that are left out of this. Joey Ortiz is a second base, third base guy who's struck, stuck in AAA with Norfolk. Connor Norby is a second base outfield type guy who is now stuck in AAA. Taryn Vavra is a second base outfield type guy who is stuck in AAA. And so if you're operating on the assumption that no, we're not necessarily going to have Jackson Holiday as a starter to open the year at the major league level, still entirely conceivable he makes it up partway through the year. And barring injury, it's just hard to figure out what happens. I think you see quite a few of these infield options in AAA get moved to bring in more pitching options in the offseason. And for the record, you could have moved one or two of these guys at the trade deadline to bring in another starter 
or to bring in another reliever. When I said that the Orioles didn't do enough at the trade deadline, the response I got was, you can't blow up the farm system or we're not trading Jackson Holiday and you can trade other guys without trading Jackson Holiday or blowing up the farm system. The outfield is a similar situation. Heston Kierstadt, you called him up. He's going to play some first base, going to play some corner outfield for you. Colton Kowser has played all three positions, has looked really good in AAA. 77 games, 309, 427, 530. 15 home runs, 32 extra base hits, albeit 91 strikeouts in 77 games. And at the MLB level, has not looked very good at all. Uh, 115 batting average in 26 games, two doubles, 13 walks, 22 strikeouts. But he's another guy. Kyle Stowers, like there's three left-handed hitting outfielders in Heston Kierstad, Colton Kowser, and Kyle Stowers. And you're going to have to figure out what to do with some of these guys. Stowers is on the 40-man roster. Kowser's on the 40-man roster. Kierstad's going to be on the 40-man roster once the transaction's announced on Thursday to add him. And how do you find playing time in your outfield when you already have a Cedric Mullins who is for the most part, playing center field most days for you. You've had they they they've had Aaron Hicks out there some. He's not going to stick around. And how do you find playing time for all of these outfielders? You already have Santander out there. You have Austin Hayes out there some. Even if you subtract a guy like an Aaron Hicks, still trying to find play time for all of these guys is difficult. And trying to build a bench, McCann's one of your four on the bench. Mateo is probably a right-handed hitting shortstop option for you off the bench. But then you've got to figure out what other two guys do we put on this bench? Who do we leave in AAA? And who do we trade? And it's going to be a really interesting conversation to see what happens in Baltimore. In just a minute, there's another team that's dealing with an infield position player crunch. We'll talk about them next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment is important, but global supply chains are fragile and things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel could cut you off from the treatment you need. And so Jace Medical is the solution. You fill out one of their online forms, one of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether their medications are safe and appropriate for you. If they are, Jace will send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. And you can send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions at any time. Everybody should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected, and that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. So save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional 20% off by using the code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Okay, so another team that's dealing with a significant roster crunch and has more guys signed long-term, but still dealing with an issue is going to be the Minnesota Twins. You have a lot of options in here in the infield specifically, but also some issues in the outfield. You have to figure out how to make it work. Right now, it's a lot of mixing and matching for different things. Uh, Edward Julian plays second base sometimes. He plays DH sometimes, but he has shown he is a major leaguer and he needs to be in the lineup almost every day. And his emergence kind of says or tells me that Jorge Polanco's days 
may be numbered. Jorge Polanco has a $10.5 million option for 2024 that has vested, but also there is a $1 million buyout to let him go away. And so it really feels like Jorge Polanco is probably in danger of losing his job and going to the free agent market because you've got Edward Julian. And then outside of that, you're in a scenario, Royce Lewis has been at third base. You've had, obviously, Carlos Correa at short. Carlos Correa is making the most money of anybody on this team next year. He's making $33 million. But behind those guys, you have a bunch of infielders at the minor league level in AAA with St. Paul that are going to need to come up and have playtime. Now, you do have the luxury with some of these of they haven't spent long enough in AAA where it's almost like you're wasting them to leave them down there. There's still more things they can learn. But Brooks Lee has played almost nothing but shortstop in the minors. 117 games this year, 87 in AA, 30 in AAA. So he's somebody you don't have to bring up for opening day. But by midpoint of next year, you're going to be looking for a spot for him. 277, 351, 461. 15 home runs, 54 extra base hits. Obviously, a guy you're going to want to find a spot for. Uh, Somebody else, Junior Severino, one of the infielders, honestly, probably one of the breakout stories of this Minnesota Twins team. And next week, we're going to do two shows, one for each league, where we go through the breakout prospects for each team. And Severino has a good shot at being in there for the Twins. 112 games between AA and AAA. And similar situation to Lee, 28 games in AAA, 84 in AA. But his combined slash line. 280, 358, 563 with 34 home runs. So a guy probably going to play third base for you or is is the type of guy you would put at third base, but definitely somebody you need to keep in the lineup. And so you can already kind of see the issues here. And then infielder Austin Martin has played second base, has also played center field and left field. And that versatility is going to be important because just for the infielders, if you assume that Correa's healthy and Royce Lewis is healthy and has a spot, and then Edward Julian's either at second base or DH, you still have to figure out eventually spots for Severino, spots for Lee, and spots for Martin. Your first base is pretty set with Alex Kurloff. He's been doing pretty well at first base, again, once he's been healthy. And then in the outfield, even the outfield, you have issues, right? You're right now... Your outfield left to right has been Matt Wallner with his massive power in left, Willie Castro in center, and Max Kepler in right. Assuming that you want to keep playing Kepler and assuming you want to keep playing Wallner and his power, that's a scenario where, okay, you still got Castro. Byron Buxton's on the IL, but is their, their goal is to get him back into center field. He's owed $15 million next year and has a full no-trade clause. So unless you decide to just eat all of that money, he's probably sticking around. Uh, Andrew Stevenson, he'll be under a pre-arbitration minimum salary deal. You probably keep him around. But like Jordan Luplo is probably going to walk. And then that's not even counting. We're assuming that Joey Gallo walks. Max Kepler might walk. It's a $1 million buyout on a $10 million salary. And so you're in a scenario here where Michael A. Taylor is an option to come off the IL. Obviously, Joey Gallo, we're assuming he's going to walk. And then at the minor league level, Trevor Larnick needs a place to play. Gilbertino Celestino is on the 
40-man roster, but he may lose his spot because you have to make a decision on Austin Martin. It, it's, it's something where you've got all of these guys stacking up in the system, plus you have quite a few pitchers that are going to have to be added this year to, to, to protect them from the Rule 5 draft. And what do you do? Who is eliminated here? Minnesota, it's mostly an infield issue, but there's a little bit of outfield. The flip side of that is the Milwaukee Brewers. Mostly an outfield issue, but a little bit of infield. The outfield right now for the Milwaukee Brewers, if you assume that Christian Yelich is going to be a full-time DH, which he has decent range in left field, his issue is the arm strength. I want to say he's like second percentile. We, sh- we shared this in our Discord. I think it's like second percentile in arm strength, but his range is top. It's like... 70th percentile or something like that. But if you assume that he's at DH, which could very well happen, uh, you do have Jesse Winker at the end of his deal and walking. Uh, you're in a scenario where you have South Relic, who is a, a center fielder or right fielder. You have Garrett Mitchell, who should be healed from his shoulder injury. You have Tyrone Taylor, who's played a lot of right field. You have Joey Weimer, who's played center field. And Honestly, for a guy who's 6'5", 215, has not hit for the power that I would expect him to, I feel like he's probably the guy left out of that rotation. But you have those four guys. And then you also have Jackson Churio, who is one of the two top prospects in baseball, just like Jackson Holiday is number one from the previous segment. And yes, Jackson Churio is in AA, but Jackson Churio also has over 500 plate appearances in AA. It really feels like, again, provided that he's healthy, the most you're going to do is use him for one more year in the minors in AAA before it's time for him to come up as well. And so now you have an outfield logjam of not even counting Christian Yelich. You have five different guys who need playtime in the outfield. Joey Weimer's probably one of the ones left out. And I would imagine... At this point, if you're trying to figure out the second guy who would be left out, it's probably either Tyrone Taylor or Garrett Mitchell, depending on Garrett Mitchell's health. He's a very good center fielder, one of the fastest players in his organization. And provided he's healthy, you want him out there for his range and for his defense, which means do you shift Sal Frelick to right field? What are the effects of that? I didn't even mention Blake Perkins. Blake Perkins is also an option as well. Your, your outfield, really loaded and stuck here in Milwaukee. And then even the infield, a little bit of issues. You have Bryce Terang at second base. You have Andrew Monasterio at third base, because I'm assuming Josh Donaldson's not going to be back. Uh, but then after that, you have both Owen Miller and Tyler Black in AAA. So how do you find room for all of these guys? So You've got to figure out what happens, and this is a team that runs the possibility of losing quite a few of their starters after the 2024 season because they have a lot of guys who are going to who are going to be ARB three or Super two ARB fours, and they run the risk. Like, do you make some trades for some pitching to restock the system? What exactly do you do? In just a minute. We got to do it every year. Let's have the Tampa Bay conversation about what the heck do they do with their 40-man roster. We'll do that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at 
FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss from FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. This happens every single offseason, but the Tampa Bay Rays are really going to have to figure out what do they do at the major league level, and even in the minors, with the 40-man roster and the Rule 5 decisions. A uh, reminder here, the difference in whether you have four years or five years to put a guy on the 40-man roster is whether or not they were above or below the age of 18 when they entered your organization. Uh, but when you look at Tampa Bay, I'm going to leave off Wander Franco off of, the, off of this because we don't know what's going to happen at this point. So if you take him out, you have seven players signed to veteran contracts for next season. Three of them are position players. Manny Margot will be ma- making $10 million at age 29. Uh, second baseman Brandon Lowe will be making $8.75 million at age 29. And first baseman Yandy Diaz will be making $8 million at age 32. Outside of that, a lot of your Rule 5 decisions, and this is what's tough, a lot of your Rule 5 decisions are not at the AAA level. Most of your position players at the AAA level are already on the 40-man roster or have made it through waivers at least once. Francisco Mejia, been on the roster at least once, has been DFA'd, not on the 40-man roster. Catcher Alex Jackson, DFA'd at least once, not on the 40-man roster. But your bench, Curtis Mead, on the 40-man roster. You have uh, Osavis Blasabe on the, you know, on the 40-man roster on your bench. Harold Ramirez, he'll be an arbitration-eligible guy. He's on your bench. And then when you skip over AAA and you go to AA, this is where a lot of your decisions outside of like pitcher Evan Reifert have to be made. Okay. You've got Junior Caminero, third baseman. He's Rule 5 eligible and absolutely going to be out of the 40 man roster. You've got infielder Tanner Murray, who's going to be on the 40 man roster. When I called that week of games in Montgomery, Tanner Murray was one of the more impressive guys on that field. I watched him play second. I watched him play short. I watched him play third. He hit in the top four of the order all week. He came up with clutch hit after clutch defensive play all week. Tanner Murray's a guy that they absolutely need to keep as part of that organization. They need to save him. And pitcher Cole Wilcox, one of the higher rated pitching prospects in his organization, one that a pitcher that this team needs, Rule 5 eligible. and so. What do you do here and who gets moved because you can't save everybody, right? You can't add everybody to your 40-man roster. There's going to be some relievers that probably get dropped off the 40-man roster. And just like we always see, there's going to be some guys who are Rule 5 eligible and or already on the 40-man roster get moved to make room for some of these guys. Because as much as I love Junior Caminero, he's not ready to contribute at the major league level next year. And so typically what you will see from the Tampa Bay Rays is you will see them make a trade. Junior Caminero is a perfect example. They traded 
with Cleveland, they got Junior Caminero a couple years. I think it was November 2021 when they made the trade. They had a pitcher who had to be put on the 40-man roster or exposed to the Rule 5 draft. They traded him away. They brought in Junior Caminero because they had two years before he had to be protected. So you have the ability to go take a young player, a, a prep player, an international free agent, and trade them to the Rays this offseason and get one of these players who either is on the 40-man roster, but there's not play, a place for him, or a guy that... Uh, either get a guy who is on the 40-man roster, but they need that spot, or a guy that they don't necessarily, he's not one of the priority guys to save, but somebody who does have value like a Tanner Murray. You can go out and make one of those trades, get one of those guys, and hopefully the trade works out for you like it did not work out for Cleveland. But it's always interesting to see the day or two before the Rule 5 list has to be submitted, what deals they make and how they try to what guys they try to slip through the Rule 5 draft, what players they deal away, and how they move things around to try to try to keep certain players in the organization. It's always fun. It's going to be a great week next week. The mailbag is on Monday. If you have questions for the mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. Tons of other ways you can get them to us. Subtext, Discord, uh, YouTube comment, email, whatever it might be. Lists are all in the episode description in the show notes. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy the games this weekend. And remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer. 